I did have... Okay, so here's something that is related both to what we're talking about and is pretty decent small talk. So I changed managers again at work. It's just like oh, yeah. there's been like some turnover stuff and like um this wasn't a result of turnover so much as like um just a reorg and I got a new manager, but I've only been with my current job, my current day job that I do for like a a little over a year. Uh and I've had this will be my third manager, which is a, it feels a little wild. I guess when you work for corporate America, that is just kind of standard. Um, I don't know. Like a software tech comp- yeah, company? I, I don't know. I saw a reel recently. Obviously, that's where I get all my information on the outside world. But it was about switching the reorg, the switching managers. And it was it said that's specific to tech. That happens a lot in in the tech industry. Yeah, just a bunch of reorgs. A lot and of I reorgs. work in tech, and they're just reorging again. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and so there was this reorg, and I was pretty sad because I do like my manager, but it is—it's kind of exhausting to switch managers for sure, too. Like I, I try and stay positive and stuff, but you do have to learn. I mean, every manager has their different management styles and their different things they like to do with the individual members of their team to help that, like, it's not really, even when the managers are trying to make it seamless, right, I have to learn how to be managed by this new person and what their expectation is and what they're going to focus on and what their personality is like and... I don't know. It's not, to me, it, it's fine. I had a good attitude about it. I like the my new manager. He seems like a really nice guy. It's literally just like, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm tired of like learning new managers. Anyway, um, th- I brought this up because specifically there was this... So I do one-on-ones every week with my manager, uh, regardless of who they are. But there was this one-on-one-on-one transition meeting that we had with both my former manager and my new manager and me to kind of do like a handoff. And my former manager was doing these little prompts where she was like, okay, what are three things you would like your new manager to know about you? And it went so well the first for the first two of three things because it may, my brain did immediately empty, but then it was like, okay, fall back. I've got this. I can do this. I can fall back on some old, faithful, almost like resume type talking <laughs> points, you know, uh-huh. about me. And so the first one, I was like, I'm really people motivated, but specifically like team motivated. Like I really love relationship building with my team, spending time collaborating. That's a big deal for me. Um, I like to know the people I work with. It I, it just makes work a better experience for me because, um, I don't know, I spend like a third of, at least a third of my week with these people. So why wouldn't I want to know them? At least uh, I want to know if I want to know them and like, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, yeah. like I I kind of sold that one off as like, I'm people motivated. And I, the second thing I mentioned was um, just like a strength of mine is I'm really good at like writing customer facing content. It's surprising because I don't, I feel super confident in my writing skills, but it's something my former manager would like tell me about all the time. She was like, I never see a single con like piece of content that you've created that doesn't look so good. Um, but I overthink things. And so like, it takes me a long time to complete tasks because I'm too busy thinking about it and rereading everything I've written like six or seven times. <laughs> um, and so like, that's something to know about me is like, I'm working on getting faster and not overthinking things and yada, yada, yada. And then I could not think of the last thing to say. I just, my brain was empty. I had depleted all of my reserves from the moment of pressure where my brain emptied. And uh, 
I didn't know what to say, and so I just said, I play Dungeons and Dragons on the weekend. <laughs> it was awful. It, he, he rolled with it. He was so nice about it. I felt so stupid, and he was so nice about it. I told my former manager, I like messaged her afterward. I was like, I can't believe I said that. I promise I'm not a dummy. She's, she was like, no, I get it. You're fine. I thought it was really funny. Aww. Um. And like it was endearing, and you you were able to relate with him over it because he also plays Dungeons <gasps> and Dragons. No so. way! Yeah, yeah. I think that's great. I think sometimes you just gotta shoot your shot, and it's hard because it's such a personal relationship with your manager. I think I did a very similar thing when I tried to get a partnership with this organization that plants trees. I was like, I want to partner with you guys so that you can plant trees and so the first message I sent to them I was like here's who I am here's what my business is and what I do and how I think we could work together and if you just want to chat and maybe we can become best friends then we can talk a little bit more and I was like oh my god do you need to put that in there do you need to put it had like (laughs) just three bullet point talking points in in the email and it was like one I want to find out more about your business. Two, I want to draft up a contract. Three, become best friends. And I was like, did I need to do that? But when she got back to me, when I talked to someone, she's like, that made me laugh out loud. I loved it. I thought it was so cute. It's like, sometimes you just got to shoot your shot. I don't, you yeah. got to be weird you gotta sometimes. You got to just be you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's hard because I could see that going poorly. I could see someone being like, what is Dungeons and Dragons? Um, Do you want to explain that? You're like, no, I've said my piece, actually. If you don't know what it is, then I probably shouldn't talk about it here. It's a team building exercise that I do with, I learn to work with a team and uh, organize events and... (laughs) Um, strategize, <laughs> strategize, future planning. So, <laughs> so it's really official. It's very good that we do that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but yeah, it sounds like it worked out really well. Sounds like you didn't even need to message your old manager, and that your new manager yeah. was vibing with it. Yeah, yeah, he was really nice about it, and my. My former manager was also really nice about it. So everyone was nice, even though I'm a big dummy. I did at the very end. I was like, I, I do wish I hadn't said that, just so you guys know. And it made them laugh. Like, I, uh, whenever I know that I've done something that's like a little weird, I just like to own it where I'm like, listen, I know it was weird. Can we still be cool? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have a very charming way of talking to people that I think is very relatable and I'm envious of it because I don't know how to own up to things like that. I just do weird things and then I'm like, everybody sit with that. Everybody sit with it. And then don't you dare call me out on no, this. Yeah. Don't nobody talk about it ever again, including me. We just will pretend it didn't happen. And it's like, no, it would probably be appropriate to bring that up to circle back. <laughs> If you will. Uh, I love it. I love it. I just am charmed by you, and I'm glad everybody else in the world is. It's fully deserved. I'm charmed by you, and I'm really, really grateful that that person rewarded your hilarious, perfect friendliness and how you you know exactly how to write a business email. And also, you're not... Doing that fake thing where you just... uh, Professionalism, first of all, is, like, kind of bullshit, or at least, like, how we understand it, right? Yeah. And I love that you your email was like, listen, this is what it's about. And also, I am a very charming, sweet person, so if you're going to fall in love with me, (laughs) and that's what's going to happen. Let's do this. Let's make this a thing. (laughs) Thank you. That's very kind. Welcome. Sorry, I'm picking dog hair off of my keyboard. Oh no. Professionalism. <laughs> That's our cue to start the podcast because we did start talking about this show <laughs> earlier and we had to absolutely 
And just hard stop, hard stop so that we didn't spoil our whole podcast. We probably could do well from practicing our little jokes, our podcast. It was, it blew my mind the day I found out that comedians practice their sets. Like you just, you don't show up at Netflix and start (laughs) riffing. You practice those jokes in front of many different audiences for years in advance. I... That's probably why our podcast just isn't funny. We never practice. We never practice. So we're not funny, but we're charming as heck? We're charming. We've both agreed that the (laughs) other person is charming. So that's what we bring to the table. And I'm sorry we never practice. It's because we're forgetful and we would forget our jokes. Yeah. Immediately. I'd have to write them down and then it would sound too scripted. So. Yeah. Um, Let's go. Cue that that song. Cue that song. (laughs) Welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this is the show where we take a K-drama, we watch it two episodes at a time, and then we get together here every week to talk about it. Yeah, this week we watched episodes three and four of Little Women. Woo! Woo! It is... Okay, I have to tell you something just like at the top. Like, I can't even like, wait a beat to talk about how good this show is, even though it is very good. Um, there, I waited a beat. Uh, this show is making me feel one million years old, and this is why. I cannot relate to that teenager at all, and I'm sick of her shit. I, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That, absolutely. Yes, I Am I a bad person? I was like, am I having a double standard? I know it's very different. It's apples to oranges. But I think of Goblin. We gave the girl in Goblin a really hard time about just being a child and being like, 19 is too young. And obviously it's marriage. So it's a bit different. But being like, 19 is still a tiny baby child. You're still so young. You can't make these decisions for yourself. And then this 18-year-old, a year younger, I'm like, she will be tried as an adult in the court of my mind. And she has been found (laughs) guilty of everything. I hate her. It's it's immature on my part. I'm being immature. I agree, though. Let's be immature. We'll be the teens now. I guess now it's relatable. I am... I just have no empathy for her stupid teenage bullshit. Yes. None of it, because it would be one thing if she had maybe an ounce of gratitude for her. I get that her sister's love can be a little bit suffocating because she's watching her sisters, like, kill themselves to give her a better life. But instead of returning that with gratitude, but saying, like, hey, I don't know if my life is better because yours is worse... She's essentially saying, stop loving me so much all the time. And when they say, I can't, I just love you this much. She says, I hate that. I hate it. I hate it. And I just cannot deal with it because of how much they're constantly putting on the line. I get that that is, I get that that's rough. I can even get why it's rough on her. I totally do. That part, I get. The way she is handling it is psychotic. The way she talks about her sisters and the way she is very happy to just leave the whole life that they've been trying to build for her behind because it's not good enough. And she's gonna, she's acting like she's about to sell them out at any given second. It is too much to handle. I am so sick of her stupid teenage shit. And yeah, just like the pouty, angsty, like, okay, I get it. We were all stupid, angsty, pouty bullshit teenagers at one point or another. I get it. I don't think any of us, and also I didn't, I was kind of privileged, um, middle class family, didn't grow up in poverty. So I know that it's like hard for me to sit here and cast stones, but also I just feel like her sisters learned that hard knock lesson of like what they have is each other. 
And she... I don't know if she didn't learn it because they protected her, or if she did learn it and she rejected it, but she is the worst. She's the worst! And she's making these false equivalents all over the place, where she has this amazing line where she says, just because somebody gives you love doesn't mean you have to accept it. And I absolutely agree with that to my core, but big but here, I just think it's not an equivalent to say like if a stalker gives you love or says they love you or if an abusive partner gives you love or says they love you you don't have to return that you don't owe them anything it is not the same as saying if your sisters say they love you and we know her sisters they are not trying to control her they are not trying to use her for anything and saying making that equivalent it just feels so stupid and she says i don't want you to love me because you're breaking your back over it you are killing yourselves for me and at the end of this i don't want your love if it means you are crippled because of it and that's almost beautiful except that she turns around and says, but I'm fine accepting it from my best friend's mom because I d- that's fine because yeah. that's, she's rich. She has plenty of love to give. And it's like, I'm sorry. Do you think that that lady's love is coming for free? That your sister is going to ask for a return on investment down the road, but this lady isn't? What? Yeah, exactly. That is so wild. And it's like... Yeah, it would almost be more respectable if she said, I don't want you to break your... I would rather not have the opportunity to do these things than to see you kill yourself over it. But she, like, says that, but that isn't actually how she's acting, because she still wants the opportunities. Like, she's still going out and selling her soul and selling her sisters out to have the opportunity she wants. So it's not, I don't want you to to break your back over this. I, I would rather have like a whole healthy sister who I love. It's, I just don't want to watch you suffer. That's uncomfy for me, but I am going to do the study abroad thing. Um, You go ahead and like, you're going to keep doing this because you care about me. Like you're going to keep breaking your own back, but I'm going to make it um a needless sacrifice or worse yeah. <laughs> like like or the like even worse because it's like it's not even a needless sacrifice it's you'll still you'll still break your back and then i will add like insult to injury to be like y- no one asked you to do that i <laughs> like, will kick a dead you horse. And fuck you yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh my god she's the worst yes i am yeah. so glad you're on the same page that you said that because you feel bad. She's a child and she's been through things yeah. that we could never imagine. But hearing her little speech about, I don't know how to behave in public because I've never been to a restaurant. I've never been to a birthday party in something besides my school uniform. Part of you is like, that's heartbreaking. It's so hard to listen to. And part of you is like, but you're okay, you're fully fine with riding on the back of your friend and saying, I think I will be her maid friend, her servant slash friend, and uh, just ride this wave. And it's a scholarship. They're never going to ask for anything in return. It's like, honey, they are. This dude literally said, what are you willing to sacrifice to get all the things that I'm willing to give you? And you were like, I think my sisters, I think that's okay with me. Yeah, he asked, would you sacrifice your sister? And you were kind of like, eh? I'm, I'm open to it. it. I'm open to it. <laughs> it felt like such a defining moment when Inju showed up at the hospital just covered in bruises after losing the two billion won and was just like, hey guys, what's up? And her sister's like, I don't care about that. I actually don't. I have no questions. Thank you. Um, Our things are very important to us. I So remember when 
Remember when we watched a show recently that was purportedly this amazing bromance, the bromance of the century, and we went into it being like, yes, get these two guys to be friends forever, and then they literally weren't. They were kind of enemies the entire show, and they were friends more in words than they were in actions. That's what this feels like. Nobody told us that the sisters were going to be best friends, but it felt like the first two episodes kind of built that that it was going to be these three women against the world. And then, like, probably in episode two, maybe in episode three, they each start getting secrets and immediately are like, we do not tell each other a darn thing about our lives. We do not share this life. And it, I hate We it. don't work together. We do not work <laughs> together. I do not know those I don't women. know these people. I don't know these people. <laughs> Stop it. Why? Is this not the show we signed up for? I... I guess I was fooled because I thought they would like each other and they do not. I hate it. Yeah. And I guess the thing with the two older sisters, too, is they have their stuff that I, on varying levels, agree or disagree with. But even when they're kind of like, I'm going to report you to the police or I'm going to do this thing you've told me you cannot accept, you know, when they're fighting, at least they're, it's almost... It feels more sisterly, right? It feels more sisterly because at no point are they saying, I hate your love for me and I hate everything you've ever done for me. They're just saying like, I hate that you're accepting this money that I consider to be blood money or whatever. Or I hate that you won't understand that we need this money to survive because uh, people without money die. They just die. You know, like, they have valid points that they talk about with each other. And it's not to force each other to see eye to eye the amount of times all of these women have blocked each other, (laughs) just fully blocked each other's calls, (laughs) is I have never blocked a single person in my life. I've blocked telemarketers, (laughs) like, (laughs) and spam callers. Uh... And these girls are ready to block each other constantly, because uh, I guess it's what family does. <laughs> I don't want to talk to you, and I'm never going to want to talk to you again, so I'm going to block you. Don't try and call me, because I'm blocking you. But even if you tried to call me, you're blocked. We still so. live in the same house. We still- you can't just block me from your life. We live in the same house. Like, yeah. you guys- are, oh, insanity. Insanity. Yeah. And I guess that's the one point I will give to Inhye as much as I'm so frustrated with her. I do think she would have, she doesn't have the opportunity to have those conversations. Her sisters have never been honest with her about anything. Like, they're not honest with each other that every conversation they have is, is happens because they found out each other's secrets kind of it's never like yeah. let's bring this up let's i'm gonna bring this to the family dinner table i have two billion won um what are we gonna do about it i think if they had those conversations especially including in there would be room for for in to kind of make her own more informed decisions so that is the one one point I will give her, is that they treat her like a child, so she acts like a child. Yeah, that's fair. But they also treat each other like children. And I just, just talk to each other. Guys, it's communication. Yeah, just like a, one conversation about maybe like the friend that died and what she was up to, and then you can talk about the the person you're investigating that is really dangerous that to the extent that it could probably could and will come back on your family. Like even if your sisters hadn't independently of this investigation into this man gotten entangled with the family themselves, uh, even if that had not happened, probably he would have come after the whole family yeah. uh, at, at some point. So it probably would have like been a worthwhile conversation to have to be like, hey, I'm going after the most powerful man, um, arguably, in our entire country. So we might all die. <laughs> Anyone recognize this flower? And her little sister could be <laughs> like, yeah, there's a whole room of them in that house. And the big sister yeah. could be like, I've seen these at a couple murder scenes 
Um, let's all start working together, guys. This will be so, this will be expedited. Do I have the plan for you (laughs) to really get through this investigation? Just talk, just talk to each other, literally ever. Please. Yeah, it's exhausting how much they don't talk. I really want it to be these sisters against this family together and not these sisters independently against this family, sort of, except Inhe, who's kind of with the family and might uh, get her sisters killed, potentially. And I like to think that she'll have like this big turnaround. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. There's nothing on track for her to have a turnaround. And then Inju, who's like a little bit dumb and a little bit scared and is just going to do whatever the whoever tells her to do. Because, like, honestly, yeah. same. Just keep going with the flow, my guy. Don't get killed. <laughs> keep your head down. Don't get killed. I found Inkyung unbearably relatable in episode three, especially, where she was too proud to accept the money and just felt like she just crawled up on that high horse <laughs> that I like to imagine I would also crawl up onto just needlessly and ridiculously because I think that here's the thing I think Inju is right like I think Inju is right that if that money gets reported or like quote-unquote given back or put somewhere you know like it's not it's not going to a per a good person or a person who deserves it or a person who will do good with it and it could really only get the person who reports it or gives it back killed, to be honest. Like, just like that one CEO said, like, he tried to do the right thing once, too. And it didn't turn out so well. It just gives them it, it gives away any ammunition you ever had to fight with. And so I think that that's right. But I am so self righteous about some stuff. And money is one of it. One of those things where I just (laughs) I just don't want I just don't want to be rich at the expense of other people, right? And so but I don't know like I don't know that that's possible. There I said it. If we have rich <laughs> listeners, I'm sorry. If you like came by your money in a really wholesome, holistic way, that's fucking rad. I just don't believe it. <laughs> just might have some follow-up questions, which is fine. Um yeah. But what's the solution? Just, like, go drop the backpack off at an orphanage and be like, take it. Take the money. Yeah. What do you do? You already have the target on your back. Yeah. There's, yep. Yeah. Yeah, so she's not even right, but she's relatable. Uh-huh. They're both <laughs> wrong, and they're both... You're on both of their teams in the smallest way, but you kind of hate all three of them, which is not yeah. where I thought this show would go so quickly. <laughs> um... I continue to have the most conflicting feelings about Choi Do-il. Is that his name? Oh my god. I don't... Because I feel in my heart that right now, he is kind of having a change of heart. I just think that it's not going to stick through the whole series. I don't think he ends up a good guy, right? Mm. But I think right now, he's, he's surprising himself with how concerned he is for Inju. I genuinely believe that based on just like those little actor nuances of what he injected into the moment of, I don't think it was him being worried about his deal for the money and the slush fund ledgers and everything. I think when he found out that she was taken by what's her name, he was genuinely concerned for her as a person. And I I don't know if that's wishful thinking, but I believe it in my heart. Yeah. I just don't know that he ends up a good guy at the end of this. I thought the same thing when he is the one that catches her after she visits the CEO, that he goes and gives her a ride. He's like, I can't let any of the other guys that I came with see you around here. I'll be the one to catch you and take you home, and we will keep this between us, you and me, my guy. But also, is he's probably a bad guy. I don't know. Just... Yeah. I'm obsessed with him. You know I'm a freaking simpleton for a bad boy. And I love him so much. he's got the prettiest face. He's got the prettiest face. And then they give us a damsel in distress moment, which I am weak in the knees for. That is 
That is my everything. Give me a damsel in distress moment. I don't care which gender is which. Just put a damsel in distress. Put somebody in distress and have somebody save them. Yep. They're on a ship and now. Goodbye. They're on a ship and they're in love in my heart and my mind. And maybe in real life. Who's to say? Uh, I, yes, I want it to be a romance in a way I know it is not. Um, and I want him to not be a bad guy then. I just don't see it. You know, I just don't see there being any way for him to not sell her out so hard by the end of this drama. Yeah, it's it feels like they're going to be pitted against each other at some point, and he will yeah, choose himself. At the very, yeah, and at the very, very least, I feel like if he doesn't come out maybe a bad guy, he comes out rough enough by the end that there couldn't really be anything between them, right? Where... Like, maybe he has a redemption arc. Maybe something happens. Maybe he has a redemption arc. But I just think that it's one of those things where it's like, ah, but you did that thing, and now there's not a future here. So you have to go. Or maybe die. (laughs) Oh, I don't want him to die either. I don't want him to die. Um, Did we we know that he worked for Pak Jae-sung? I think that it was implied, but I didn't. I just kind of figured it was going to happen that this whole money thing tied back to Park Jae Song and that he had hired someone or whatever. Um, but I don't think it had said it ex- like explicitly in the first two episodes. I was pretty shocked. I was shook when he walked in that office with uh, Gosu Im, and they're both just like, "What's up?" What's good, Park Jae Song? Like, no, you <laughs> explain yourselves. What are you two explain doing together? Yourselves. Are you two bros? I hate that. I don't like. I don't like any of this. I don't like Ghost but I love her. But I hate her. She's terrifying. But I love her. Yeah, she is awful, but in that wonderful way that a villain is awful. That you hate them, but also you're like, but they're obviously I hate them. They're a villain. They're doing a good job. She's doing such a good job. I hate her and I love her. Yeah. So to have her and Che Doil together makes me sad, but also what a good, what a good duo. It's like a little bit of that him being a morally gray character and her just being a real villain and you're just like, mm, that's a good contrast right there. We love it. We love to see it. We love to see it. We love to see them fight. We love to see them like get to the edge together and just be like, this is okay and this is not okay as for like villain stuff, as for beating innocent people. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> that scene was hard. Um, I did immediately become so endeared to the CEO that's locked up in the psychiatric <gasps> ward. Right. And I know he's also I, gray, but I love him. Yeah. Yeah. He's one of those great characters that I immediately, I like, I get that maybe he has his own ulterior motives for why he was really encouraging um, Inju to, to take everyone down or whatever. Like he has his reasons to be that way. And so it's not that he's pure and just wants to see her succeed because of who she is. But also he said the sweetest, nicest things. I know. <laughs> so I guess I'm a sucker for that. I'm such a sucker. I think it was undermined a little bit when he said, you're just like princess. I can't wait to see you bloom and see how amazing you are when you really come into your own. And then five minutes later, Che Doil is like, you're the game changer. You change the air when you walk into a room. I can't wait to see how you change everything. And I was like, okay, you can't both do the like epic build her up monologue one after the other, because then it just cheapens both of the monologues. Um, They're great on their own. But now it feels like both of you are trying to use her, and I don't know how to feel. I like both of yeah. you less now that you're. It seems like a tactic that <laughs> you've both read in a playbook somewhere. Um, but I liked it when it happened. I feel mm-hmm. good when people compliment the main character, who is also me. Yes. Yes, and I love her, too. So when you compliment her, I'm like, hey, you and I are on the same team because we're both, we both love her. So, we are one. Yes, we are the same team. Yeah. 
And we love her. Oh, wait. You're using her? Okay, we're not on the same team, but those were nice things to say. <laughs> um, We did find out about the contracts, what, what Inju signed. <gasps> yeah! That was sooner than I thought. I thought they'd play that out a lot longer. And this show has yeah. been kind to us. They have given us an answer very quickly in the series. And it's not that surprising, but a little bit of a twist. I'm interested. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's pretty amazing that Hua Young really just did like identity theft, but in kind of an opposite way. <laughs> Is this the nice kind? Is or is it's also dangerous? So it's hard to s definitively say nice, <laughs> but it is like you gave Inju things by taking her identity instead of um, s stealing from her. Specific, you stole using her name. You stole, and then you set up what you stole in her name. I don't under I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> You nailed it. And that is nice. That is... Now Question that you're mark? dead, she can use all that stuff? Question mark? Or that stuff will get her killed? Question mark? A little of both. Uh, something happened. Uh, uh, sorry, I just thought about a thing happening. I can't think what it was, but it was another kind of, like, tick in the box of me not thinking that Hua Young is actually dead. Shoot, what was it? It was a really innocuous moment that made me think that Hua Young... Shoot. Well, I shouldn't have brought it up because now I can't think of what it was. I'm so But I still interested. don't think she's dead. Oh no, I totally forgot that was your theory. Yeah, and it, there was just something someone said, just very much in passing, that it just was that extra backup that I'm kind of now always looking for. So I guess if I'm looking for it, maybe I'm inventing it. But <laughs> someone said something at one point that was very uh, nebulous about Hua Young and... Oh! I, I got it. Yes. All I had to do was ramble around it for way too long. Uh, that her dad, they gave him like 70 million wong or something and he it was essentially just a bribe to get him to cremate her right away and so she was immediately cremated without any kind of autopsy which i think is another tick in the box of did anyone look at her did anyone actually identify her did anyone take any dna to make sure it was her did any because apparently her face was messed up yeah so one tick in the box of like her face wasn't really recognizable um, she got cremated right away, immediately. Uh, so the plastic surgery, the immediate cremation and, and burial service, no questions asked because her dad was bribed to do so. And, uh, I don't know, just the fact that the really the only identifier was this blue orchid tattoo, which makes me think, yeah, she, she was really wrapped up in the whole thing for sure, because if she had the blue orchid tattoo, she was even deeper in it than just being What's-Her-Face's friend, the creepy, probably real villain of this whole thing. <laughs> uh, the What's-His-Face's wife. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, Wang Wan Sang-Ah. That's, I'm sorry, that's a hard so name for us. Wan Sang-Ah mm -hmm. is the wife, and maybe the true villain okay. of the show. We'll get to her in a minute, but fair. Fair, interesting points. I guess we'll find out in Singapore? I guess Inju's going abroad? Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's where... So Inju's gonna go there. Maybe that's where Hua Young is. I've... I would be surprised if she is alive. I would be surprised if we found out this soon, like halfway through the series. But That's crazy that this show is so short. We're gonna be halfway through the series after the next two episodes. Oh, that's crazy. Awful. I could watch this forever, and Netflix knows that, and they're going to make ten more seasons, which I hate, but... Ugh. Gross. I just want to know the whole story now. Yeah. But also, I could watch it forever. It's complicated. It's complicated. How I feel. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's crazy that those two were friends, that Hua Young and Sangha were friends. Allegedly. Allegedly. I really loved Inju's kind of clapback. 
saying, I, I don't think you were friends. I think actually you were paying her to be your friend. And she doesn't see that as friendship, but maybe you do. So maybe you weren't friends. Maybe you weren't friends, and don't call me your friend. If I'm going to work for you, I don't want you to tell people we're friends. That's creepy. I work for you. So, I'll work for you, but we're going to start there. We're going to set a hard boundary. Like, sometimes Inju is so freaking smart, and I just absolutely love her. Sometimes Che... Che Doyle says, don't touch the money. And she says, actually, I'm going to go right to where the money is. Not to victim blame, but it was really hard yeah. to watch that. Don't just listen to your partner. Um, anywho, sometimes she's really smart and I love it. Sometimes she wears $3 billion shoes to the bad guy's house. And you're like, ma'am, don't bring your cash money here. Yeah. Hey, you dumb idiot. Um, I love you, but you cannot be this way and survive. <laughs> so I need you to stop being this way because I want you to survive. I really want you to survive. And I really, I don't see that happening if you keep behaving in this way. Like at least drum up some fake tears when you hand over the money and you're like, I will pay for my sister's study abroad. This is all the money that I could scrape together. I've sold everything that we own. Please, please give her this opportunity, but allow me to pay for it. Like, do a little bit of acting, ma'am. Don't just be like, um, a cool 10 grand for you right here. Yes, we live in an apartment where the windows don't close, but don't worry about where I got the money. It's the same place where I got the shoes. Like, stop. <laughs> so what are you doing? Can you go out? Can you use some of that money to go buy maybe like an like a higher end of average pair of shoes, yes. right? Where you where believably you could own those shoes and maybe have like scraped together, yeah, that that $10,000 or whatever to give to them. Um, just, you know, uh, use your money to, in ways that, uh, are not incredibly dangerous. <laughs> Please. <laughs> just keep buying ice cream, okay? Stop trying to pay for your sister's study abroad in cash. S mm, Ma'am. I love that she did go to the aunt to buy an apartment, though. That was very sweet and very smart. Yeah. Let's, that's square one. That's square one. Let's try and keep the paper trail as thin as possible. It'll just look like you gifted me an apartment because you loved us for the first time in your life. Hey, <laughs> that's the thing aunts do, right? Yep. And then it was a moot point because um, the aunt paid off her guilt by paying for the surgery, which was awesome. That was really cool. That was really cool. That was a cool scene. Yeah. Well, I made me like her 10% more than I did before. <laughs> Where she looked to that powerful man in his stupid, powerful face and said, Hey, I knew your dad. I'm going to pay for this surgery. Yeah, it wasn't even anything. It was never like a, I knew your dad. He sucked. So <laughs> I'm going to pay for this. It was just like, I knew your dad. And you know what that means. You knew your dad. Anyways, <laughs> let me pay for this surgery. Oh. Oh, that was really good. I yeah. I am glad that she got one of those moments because it kind of made up for In Kyung missing so many of those shots. I feel like people keep setting her up for slam dunks. Like that moment when she first meets Park Jae-sung and he confronts her in the lobby and he goes, have you been drinking? You just want her... To clap back, you want her to be the reporter that's like, excuse me? Just because somebody accuses you of wrongdoing, you your response is to think that they've been drinking. That's pretty inappropriate and immature. Let's talk more about this. But instead, she's like, absolutely, yes, I have. I've been drinking yeah. all day. Um, that sucked. And then yeah. there was a scene this episode where Marie, stupid B-Face Marie is like, <laughs> reporters are supposed to be completely unbiased, and she is completely biased, so we can't have her on the team anymore. And Inkyung says, like, 
you why do you know them how did you get an invitation to the party and i know it's an unspoken like isn't that a little bit of bias but can she not say that can she not give us the pleasure of being like okay marie thank you for the explanation of how you got invited to the party do you think that does not count as bias within within the reporting agency to have that kind of connection like just give it to us in kyung slam her down slam her down yes do a slam dunk and then say, can you please give me your unbiased opinion on the family? Give it to me. Apparently you're friends with, with the mom. So go ahead and give me your unbiased opinion. I want to hear it. I genuinely do. Tell me about your friend. Like, like just say something that just really drives it home. But instead, she just really focuses on you made those recordings of me and just made it so personal instead of making it a really valid point. Yeah. Marie set her up to be like, this is a professional issue. This is not my issue with you. This is an issue of journalism. And you snap back with, well, it sounds like a personal problem because my sister told me that someone that I work with recorded this. We're like, no, don't take it there, In Kyung. You don't need to. Slam her down professionally. You can both get fired together. Burn this thing down with the both of you <laughs> on the ship, okay? Do it for us. To the ground. Nope. She never does. She keeps getting set up. Nope. She keeps getting knocked down. Stop. Yep. Yeah, because even if she didn't want to lie in the first scenario and say she hadn't been drinking, like, I get it. She is really yeah. into the truth. That's fine. That's <laughs> consistent with her character. She didn't even have to lie to, yeah, just burn every bridge the second time. Yeah. Let's go. Third third time's the charm. I We're almost <laughs> to the halfway this. point. These sisters have to start working together, and they're going to start getting these slam dunks. And maybe, who knows, either NK will completely pivot, she'll turn it around, or she'll go to Boston, and we can forget about her. It'll be two sisters. Yep, it'll be the two sisters and their little sister that they hope is still alive in Boston. Have fun at your little parties, homie. Like, if that's all you really (laughs) wanted from this life, I guess go enjoy it. Sorry we're poor. Also... Sorry, I just had this recovered memory moment where I thought about how she was talking about all these famous painters that she just wanted to be recognized for her skill, but none of those famous painters were recognized for their skill when they were alive. I know for a fact she mentioned Picasso by name and probably a couple others that probably didn't get any credit for their paintings and how... She wants to be beloved like them, and I'm hoping that's not foreshadowing, because that's sad. But yeah, it's like, ah, sweetie, honey, baby. (laughs) Those people were not beloved in their time. (laughs) But I got her point of being like, the only time they did get any attention in their lifetime is if they worked for the monarchy. If they absolutely bowed down and said, I'll paint a picture of the prince for sure. That's the only way that an artist can make money is to paint a picture on the ceiling of the expensive building. It's like, I don't want to do that. That's not my dream, but I do want to paint, so I guess I'll do it. I I get it. I get I get that that thinking. But you're dumb and also stop. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Just quit. Wait, quit what you're doing. Quit what you're doing. Um, why did you, why do your I don't know anything about painting. Why am I now onto the paintings? I'm like, why do your paintings look so weird? And then the one that you were like, Homegirl can sell this off as her own work. That one was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Very <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's just a style that you're like, this looks like a photograph. This looks like someone photographed it but mine the girl dying in the woods is kind of odd yeah i uh i could say really annoying like halfway pretentious things about i do i like impressionism i guess i'm just gonna say it do it was gonna back out uh i like impressionism which kind of is a little bit like what her her portfolio paintings are versus realism portraiture is pretty for sure um but usually not my favorite thing in the museum 
I needed you to explain that to me because I don't know anything about art. And it's like, I think because I don't know anything about art, it's just my feelings that drive me. And I'm like, I like this one better, so why is this one not better? And it's like, well, that's not how art is valued, hun. Like, sometimes it is. That, that is part of it. But you can't just, you don't individually decide what's good art and what's not. So yeah. thank you for that. <laughs> The portrait was incredibly beautiful, and the uh, impressionist paintings she made were (laughs) pretty disturbing, so uh, it's just a- I didn't necessarily prefer them, but I typically prefer that type of art, but they were- they were pretty dark for that little baby teen to be painting. It it felt like she maybe has been listening to some bright eyes, you know- (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I guess it was just surprising because they were like, this is the portfolio that she sent to Boston. And we saw three works that were very much, they seemed to be a, of a similar style. But the only other work we've seen from her was a completely different style. And she said, I painted it from a completely different perspective. So that's why I was able to do it. And I get that. I get that it's like, my art looks this way. I can paint other people's art that looks this way, but part of me is like, you're 18, aren't you supposed to be exploring your art? Why would you not send Boston, like, a bunch of different types, a bunch of different pieces that you're like, I'm really proud of this one, it's very impressionist, it kind of defines me, but this one is the, I think she said the Van Dyke style or something, it's a portrait I did, not the one that Homegirl did, not the one my best friend did. That's a different one. That's hers. But I did this other one of this guy on the street, and it looks very similar, very good. And here's a third one I did that's (laughs) a completely different style, very Jackson Pollock. Like, I don't... How is your portfolio three pictures that look very similar when you're such a talented artist? Yeah, they're all the same. They're just, like, from the same era, the same... The same emo phase. I can't... Yeah. (laughs) Ma'am, you need help. Ma'am. Um, why did I go on this rant? Why am I like, here we Art stuff. Art stuff. <laughs> we're artists now here at Play on K. We're art. We're, we review art. <laughs> I could never. I could never. I would panic. I'm panicking I'm thinking about now. it. I'm almost thinking of taking this whole <laughs> section out. I hate what I've done. <laughs> I hate who I've become. <laughs> um, do you want to pivot? Because there's one last thing that I wanted to just mention. Yeah, um, let's pivot and then we can wrap this up. I was excited to do full circle and start with how much we hate Inhye and then end with how much yeah. we hate <laughs> Just bookend it with <laughs> some Inhye. Just roast. <laughs> but um, I'm excited to hear what you think. Hopefully it's more fun. Uh, I just wanted to, like, do a quick shout-out to, uh, you told me her name, uh, the villain and her orchid room. Oh, yeah. Songa, I think was her name. Songa? Yeah. Songa. Yeah. Beautiful orchid room. Shout-out to that. And how she, I mean, she's thinking long game like a true villain because she had stored that information that... Inhe had some kind of condition that could cause her muscles to seize up that was ultimately undiagnosed and maybe believed that it was an iron deficiency or whatever, like she said when she walked into the room with all of the schemey people. Um, or maybe suspected that having her sniff this orchid really could kill her either way completely wild uh unhinged yeah unhinged that she took a child into a secret here and that's the thing right as as she was saying can you keep a secret it's that tried and true thing that uh was not said enough in the past but we really just need to get it around to all kids of the world that if a if an adult is asking you to keep a secret you need to tell someone they're not doing you, a good thing. If, 
they're not because no adult is going to go to a child and say please please keep this a secret for anything and if they do it's a bad idea a really good example of it being harmless to do this and still a stupid idea was my mom telling me when i was like five years old that she got my brother a nintendo 64 for christmas guess what wasn't a secret for long because i was a five-year-old i had the memory of a five i did not remember that i was supposed to keep it a secret i just remembered that i was excited to get to tell my brother that he was getting a nintendo 64 for christmas (laughs) that is the most innocent and sweet example you could have thought of and i love you for it yeah because you can't ask a child to keep a secret and if you do you're probably doing a, the wrong thing, and there's varying levels of wrong, but don't do it. And if so, if you're a child and someone has asked you to keep a secret, then also wrong. Also wrong. You should tell an adult about it right away, a trusted adult that wouldn't ask you to keep secrets. Tell that secret immediately. Immediately. Yeah. I'm glad you took it to that place. I was going to take it to the place of just wealth bias in in society and saying that definitely that lady goes to that room to get a little high like if there's that many <laughs> flowers and the little books that in Kyung and friend were reading were like smelling this flower makes you a little bit high probably sticking your nose right up in there gets you pretty high but like I feel like being in a room full of a thousand of them would have the same effect. So that lady goes in there just a hot box, and that's fine, because she's rich. That's totally legal. Absolutely not. It is not. I don't, I don't know what the laws in Korea are around, like, smoking weed. In Japan, it's pretty strict. It's, like, straight to jail. Yeah, I think Korea as well. If reels are anything to be believed that if you... Yeah, right to jail. Right to jail for that. Straight to prison. So, I guess if you're rich and you just have this illegal flower that also gets you high, you can keep it in your secret room. And that's totally fine. Like, ugh, eat the rich. That's what I'm saying. Eat the rich. Probably not when they're high. (laughs) You don't want to get, like, secondhand. Because <laughs> if you get secondhand high, you won't just be jailed for cannibalism. You will be jailed for being high. <laughs> Double whammy. They'll get you Double for life. Whammy. They've got you on both counts. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we want to end. <laughs> I wanted to end on um, cannibalism. Raquel wanted to end on don't keep secrets. <laughs> They're both valid places to end. <laughs> both are good. I, I'm i glad that both were there at the end. Let us know your thoughts on cannibalism and secrets at playonkpodcast at gmail.com. You can always leave comments directly on the episodes at playonk.com. That's where we keep all of our episodes stored forever. But you can also, by visiting our website, learn a little bit about us. And learn a little bit about our affiliates. That's a great way to support the show and get something neat for yourself. There's Blueberry Podcast Hosting. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, you can use our code to get some discounts. You can go to Skillshare to upskill your life and also get some discounts there while supporting us. Third, we've got NordVPN, probably my personal favorite. I've used them for many, many years now to get dramas, get access to dramas that are not licensed in my region, though we don't know if that's legal, so don't quote us on it. And um, they also protect my online presence. And by purchasing any of those, you're not like giving us any money directly. It'll it'll all come from them. That's how affiliate marketing works. So just just get something for you and something for us this holiday season, you know? Check all that out <laughs> at playonk.com. Yeah, the alternative way to support the show and the freest way to support the show is rating, reviewing, or subscribing, or some combination of those things wherever you're listening to us right now. Uh, Doing that helps other K-Drama podcast listeners find us. You can find us on Instagram at PlayOnKPodcast, on Twitter at PlayOnK, or now on TikTok at PlayOnK underscore Emily. That's, That's where I put my TikToks. 
<laughs> just give us a hey say you're supporting please please support me please yeah uh i i probably will not be getting a tiktok but don't do it i want everyone i want everyone to go check out emily's tiktoks because she's doing uh right now she's working her way through lee minho's uh works all of them for the most part i think there's gonna be a couple that need to be skipped when he was art student number three or whatever <laughs> <laughs> But uh, you can you can check those out and those little like mini TikTok reviews of Lee Min Ho stuff and uh, where he where he's popping up in his youth and beyond. Yeah, thanks, Raquel. That's the series I'm doing right now. And uh, if you want to find us on Patreon, give us a little bit of money that keeps the lights on. That pays for our hosting wherever we post our podcast. You can do that at patreon.com slash play on k and thank you to everyone who does do that we really appreciate it keeps this podcast going yep keeps us alive and by us alive i mean the podcast it keeps the podcast going exactly what emily said <laughs> and i didn't need to add anything to it thank you so much for listening <laughs> we'll see you uh, next join week. us next week <laughs> <laughs> we'll both do it we'll say it in time i'm sorry i cut you off you go ahead no, I like it with both of us, but also I just started talking. I started panic talking, but I'll just say it. I'll just get it out of here. Uh, join us next week for the next two episodes of Little Women. K-bye. K-bye.